From the Jennifer and Ted Stanley Studios in Boston, this is Living on Earth. I'm Steve Kerwood. On November 6th, after a marathon of rancorous campaigning, Americans voted to give President Obama four more years to deliver on the hopes that swept him to power in 2008. But despite all our differences, most of us share certain hopes for America's future. We want our kids to grow up in a country where they have access to the best schools and the best teachers. A country that lives up to its legacy as the global leader in technology and discovery and innovation, with all the good jobs and new businesses that follow. We want our children to live in America that isn't burdened by debt, that isn't weakened by inequality that isn't threatened by the destructive power of a warming planet. That warming planet is one of the most profound challenges that faces the president in his second term. We have two informed observers to discuss what the elections might mean for that and other environmental issues. Conserve America's Vice President for Global and Political Affairs, Dave Jenkins. Hello, Dave. Hi, how are you doing? And on Skype, also from Washington, is the Natural Resources Defense Council's Director of Climate and Clean Air Program, Dan Lashoff. Hi there, Dan. Hey, Steve. Uh, Dave Jenkins, millions of dollars from corporate sources, particularly the fossil fuel interests, were spent over this past election cycle. But at the end of the day, pretty much the status quo. What's the lesson here, do you think? I think the lesson is that uh, all that money poured into um, to the Republican side, and yet you know the message that they were putting out on television didn't reflect the kind of forward-thinking taking care of future generations, being responsible, uh, these values that most people define as conservative. They were more, you know, all in, you know, sort of live for the day, drill here, uh, you know, drill baby drill, talking about a war on coal when, you know, people know that the, the reason coal is being displaced is because of natural gas and the marketplace, far more so than, than regulation. You look at the constituencies. You want to you appeal to young people. You want to appeal to minorities. You want to build a, a winning coalition the way Reagan did back in the 80s. And the polarizing rhetoric and everything that really was sort of enhanced simply with all that uh, industrial and corporate money, no matter how much you broadcast it on TV, if it's not a message that resonates with the American public, uh, you're not going to get through. My hope is that our party will uh, be skeptical of the agenda and the items that special interests put forward and try to take a step back and think about it in the context of the best interest of the nation as a whole. Uh, Dan Lashoff, uh, what's the lesson here? All that money for the election and we're really still at the status quo. Well, I think we're even better off than the status quo in terms of the makeup of the Senate. And when all is said and done, I think it will turn out that the fossil fuel industry spent $500 million trying to defeat uh, people who had the temerity to suggest that we need to invest in renewable energy and deal with climate change, and and they lost in uh, every case. So we have coming to the Senate some real champions such as uh, Martin Heinrich in New Mexico and Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin, Tim Kaine, the coal industry spent millions of dollars trying to defeat him in Virginia, and they failed. Uh, Angus King, a strong independent from Maine, who will, uh, you know, is a, a champion of dealing with climate change. So ultimately, the lesson is uh, money can't buy you love if what you're trying to sell is a fossil-fueled future that is uh, bad for the country. 
Let's just look for a moment at the ballot initiatives. You know, when people feel that they have to go around their legislatures, when they're really frustrated and the legislature is blocking things, they, they go to the ballot initiative. We saw that on issues like gay marriage and marijuana, these initiatives won, but most of the environmental measures uh, went nowhere. Uh, what happened with the labeling of genetically modified organisms in California uh, or Michigan's uh, renewable fuel standard? Well, on the Michigan standard, the argument that the opposition put in on Michigan wasn't about the substance. It was an argument that this shouldn't be done through a constitutional amendment. And I think that there, so the, the, the answer there is that the mechanism was the wrong mechanism for moving renewable energy forward. Uh, the public strongly supports moving renewable energy forward. And, and so that's, that's a bit of an anomaly. And uh, in California, I think that may be, you know, one of the few examples where money did really influence the outcome. The uh, big ag interest put millions of dollars into defeating that proposition. And uh, propositions are hard to win. There's a, you know, kind of strong bias overall for people to vote no. And uh, when you have a lopsided investment of money, uh, it's very hard to prevail. Dave Jenkins? Yeah, well, I I agree with uh, what Dan said. But I would also add, though, that if you you look a little deeper and you look at ballot initiatives for uh, open space and parks, and those are overwhelmingly supported uh, by people of every political stripe. And I think that goes to a basic uh, quality of life uh, desire by folks and uh, that everybody agrees that we need to be responsible when it comes to uh, land stewardship. So there was no real negative wave or anything like that with respect to environmental ballot initiatives. I don't think there were any of these things uh, really lost on their merit. I want to ask you both about the the prospects now for the Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, Dave Jenkins, do you think this is uh, a good thing for the president to block, and do you think he has the political capital to do so if he wants to? When you've got a little bit more conventional type of oil reserves uh, uh, up in North Dakota and and places like that, to me it doesn't make a ton of sense for us to bring that carbon-intensive fuel here and have a pipeline all the way to the Gulf of Mexico where there's decent odds that that wouldn't even that product wouldn't even be sold to Americans it would it would just be shipped over to China so i hope uh, the state department and the president you know look at it carefully and consider all the impacts and uh, and make an informed decision but i, I don't think congress uh, would be quite as in a position to block his action as it was before one he's not standing for re-election again and two uh, he's got uh, two more extra democrat votes in the senate uh, Dan Lashoff? Uh, so on the Keystone XL pipeline, the administration needs to complete the environmental review process that they've started. We think that it's very clear that the conclusion of that should be to reject the pipeline is not in our national interest. Uh, it is a pipeline that would bring one of the dirtiest sources of fossil fuels. And the president should stick with his focus of uh, improving fuel efficiency supporting renewables and moving the country towards a clean energy economy, as, as he has talked about. How much do you think that this huge federal deficit is going to affect uh, science and research funding going forward now? Dan Lashoff? Well, I think the deficit's a big problem, and how the fiscal cliff is addressed is going to impact both science research and energy research and uh, investments in environmental protection and infrastructure, as well as I think, you know, in the aftermath of Sandy, uh, there are clear needs to invest in preparing for the effects of climate change that we can no longer 
addressed. So we certainly think that that needs to be solved in a way that has a balance between raising revenue and that the uh, that spending cuts have to be carefully targeted and should be things like cutting fossil fuel subsidies. So uh, whether that's solved in a bipartisan way, I think will set a tone for how policy is addressed throughout the second term. Dave Jenkins, uh, funding for science and research? The funding, um, it needs to be reduced in a balanced way across the different areas. And uh, what we saw in the last Congress was an effort by some to target things like the Endangered Species Act and target uh, clean energy and land and water conservation fund and things like that. The, um, uh, disproportionately, as, as part of sort of an, an ideological sort of libertarian type agenda. And that's not in the nation's best interest. If you've got to really tighten your belt and you've got to take you know, serious cuts, what you want to do is do it in a balanced way. You, you can't uh, starve this important area of where our country needs to go forward. Uh, Superstorm Sandy uh, reminds us that uh, climate disruption is on a track to wreck our civilization. Uh, the president, when the election was over, talked about you know, wanting to leave a safe planet for the, the next uh, generations, but the present path of the White House would not do that, many scientists say. Do you think Obama is going to be able to reach down and find this sort of intestinal fortitude that allowed him to plow ahead with the health care measures uh, in the face of the incredibly stiff opposition that dealing with climate change? Uh, Dave Jenkins? Yeah, I mean, one of the things we really fault President Obama for is that when there was an opportunity for climate legislation on Capitol Hill, he seemed to want to stand back and let the folks in Congress lead the way and didn't really provide a lot of, a lot of leadership on that. Now, the only way he moves forward and really doubles down and tries to do something big is if he brings um, Republicans along in the effort. And if the president's not out there using the bully pulpit to rally support, odds are politicians are not going to have the courage to step out and address the issue. Dan Lashoff? Well, I think the president certainly recognizes that action on climate change is one of the big unfinished items uh, on his agenda from the first term and that he'll uh, try to move that forward. And, and I agree with Dave that he needs to lead on this issue. I don't expect that he's going to be able to get a lot of bipartisan consensus in the Congress. I think he can develop a consensus among a majority of Democrats and Republicans in the public who want to see action. He needs to do more to lead and bring people together around steps that he has the authority to take to reduce carbon pollution on the one hand and to better prepare the country to deal with the consequences of climate change, things like Hurricane Sandy, on the other. And uh, I, I think he can, and uh, I, uh, I'm optimistic that he will. I, let me add uh, that the president needs to be out front and leading and trying to convince uh, average Americans. And he needs to do that not sort of like Al Gore does, sort of trying to own the issue himself. He needs to have partners, bipartisan partners, that also advance that cause so that um, uh, the message reaches Americans of all political stripes. And, you, you know, you've got to, we've got to all move together forward on this if we're going to expect folks in Congress to uh, wake up and, uh, and decide they need to do something. Dave Jenkins is Vice President for Government and Political Affairs for Conserve America. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. And Dan Lashoff is Director of the Climate and Clean Air Program of the Natural Resources Defense Council. Thanks so much, Dan. And thanks, Dave.